The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time. And usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. today we're shifting directions a little bit. Not that I'm trying to convince you to do anything else, but I want this podcast to be a place where you can learn just about all healthcare professions. And if you're trying to make the really tough decision of what you're going to do for the rest of your life, I think it's important that you know what goes into different careers. So if you think back to past episodes that we've done, um, and if you've missed those in, let's see, episode seven, I did an interview with Dr. Ryan Gray, who is a medical doctor and MD, and we kind of did a PA versus MD episode, and it was really great, really informative, and then episode 13, I did the same thing with a nurse practitioner, Monica, and it was great. That was I learned a ton during that one. Um, I knew more about the med school stuff just because my husband's done it, but NP, I was clueless. So I learned a ton during that one. And so today, I am talking to a physical therapist. Um, it's actually one of my, I would say childhood, more like high school friends, Matt. And um, Matt and I went to high school together. He actually grew up with my husband. I don't even know how little they were when they knew each other. But I'm really lucky to have a great group of high school friends that we're all still very close, even though we're kind of scattered out a little bit more now. But Matt is one of those people. So Matt ended up going to physical therapy school, and um, he now works as a traveling PT, which is interesting. And there are traveling PAs that are in similar positions, and we talk about that some. So if you're interested in ever being a traveling PA, you'll, you'll want to listen to that part because, um, there's some perks. I mean, definitely if that's something that you can do or are interested in doing, it's a great option to travel and, um, the pay is good and all those things. So we talk about that and we just compare kind of what the process looks like for PT versus PA getting into school. Once you're in school, what's it look like? Um, and just go from there. So, it was really fun to talk to Matt, even though he is all the way out in Washington right now. And so I hope you get a lot out of this episode, and we'll jump in to the interview in just a second. I spoke about it last week, but um, I just want to remind y'all that it is 
time to start thinking about your applications. If you are applying to PA school or you think you might be, um, even if you're applying to PT school, you've got to start thinking about your applications and getting all that stuff together, all of your information, and definitely start thinking about your personal statement. My PA Resource is a sponsor of this podcast, which I'm so grateful for, and it's a great website just in general for resources and information as far as getting your personal statement done, what needs to go in it, what doesn't need to go in it. They have a free workshop you can do. So it's a video workshop. It's about 30 minutes of videos, totally worth your time. If you're going to use their editing services, please do the workshop because it makes my job easier when you know what should be in it. But I do edit for them and those statements are going to be rolling in soon because you need to have that ready to push submit when CASPA opens. So if you have any questions about that, please just contact me and you can use the code PREPA club for a discount if you do decide to use their paid editing services. They only use PAs, so it's not going to be somebody random who knows nothing editing your statement. But anyway, let's get to our interview with Matt and yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, today I'm really excited to be talking to a good friend of mine who I've actually known since high school, Matt Coleman, and I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell you a little bit about his background. Yeah, all right, awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Savannah. So um, yeah, I've known Savannah for a while, and I am a uh, T. I I uh, graduated from the University of St. Augustine for Health Sciences way down in uh, St. Augustine, Florida in April of this year. Uh, passed my boards just two weeks after that, and I've been, been practicing as a traveling PT ever since um, T school. Uh, I got my undergrad degree at Augusta State University in 2012, and after that, I worked as a rehab tech and a youth sports coach up until I got into PT school and then started in January of 2015. And it's, uh, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> well... Listeners may be wondering why am I having a physical therapist on the podcast? This is a PA podcast, but I think a lot of people who just go into the medical field in general kind of look at every career, and I know that I looked at PT a little bit. Um, I spent some time shadowing and kind of in that field just to see if it was something for me. I've never really been an athletic or sporty person, so I can't say that's what drew me to it, but I just wanted to see what it was about, and so I think it's important to have exposure to all these different careers and kind of find out what it actually looks like on a daily basis and the paths to get there so that everyone can make informed decisions. So did you always know that you were going to end up being a PT or did you kind of look at other professions at any point? Uh, No, you know, I I really didn't know I was going to get into PT. Uh, When I was was growing up, I I guess I was kind of steered towards like science-y kind of stuff. Like I was either, it's kind of split between engineering and medicine and uh growing up you know i i was still interested in those those subjects in school so i took you know ap biology all the all the sciencey courses i could and it wasn't until senior year of high school i took this this clinical sciences class or clinical science class it helped me to get my foot in the door of skilled nursing uh, a large hospital let me really see i guess the inner workings of those settings you know which clinicians did what how those clinicians interacted with each other you know what their scopes of practice were 
it was it was a really great like experience it really let me see like just everything you could in the medical field and so i i did that class for a while I, I guess until i graduated but that that class actually led to a job as a transporter and so i got to keep and really exploring the career that i wanted to do and you know when i first started and i think when a lot of people start too they kind of start with wanting to be a physician mm-hmm. and then i i you know would shadow physicians throughout the hospital um usually ones that I would interact with on a daily basis. And, you know, there, there, there's certainly pros and cons to being a, uh, a physician. And, you know, after, you know, seeing how some physicians work and just a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, what I say, just the daily things that they have to put up with, I guess. Um, I just, mm-hmm. I, I really figured it wasn't for me. Um, kept exploring roles and, and and one, I think the two things I came down to between pharmacy and PT, they, you know, I, both of them really involve a lot around and, and a lot of nowadays, like uh, a lot more responsibilities, both or, or both professions have, you know, doctor degrees and a lot more is expected out of, out of you. So it's, it's just a lot more on your plate to handle. Yeah, I was I was split between those two for a while, and uh, I think when I shadowed pharmacy in the hospital, it, it was certainly it was very engaging. It really didn't. I thought like a pharmacist was just you know someone you go to go to get your prescription drugstore, but now it's yeah it's so much more involved in in the hospital. It's it's great. Like their their knowledge of you know, pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics is. It's it's just it's it's amazing, but um, I I after that I got to shadow PT and I think I think the thing that really stuck with me with PT was it being able to really like make a difference in people's lives with like early mobilization. Mm-hmm. I would do that a lot as like a transporter, um, you know, having people like move around for the first time and really like people take for granted every day you know being able to walk being able to stand yeah and you know following like a, a medical episode or, or some sort of trauma a lot of those like functional abilities are, are really limited so helping to restore that that motion or that ability is it, it really just it makes a it makes a difference it really is fine that you're able to help people to do that it's, it's that's what i stuck with i i you know was able to experience that uh, initially in like acute care in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then I expanded out from there. Uh, I think started in acute, oh, uh, wounds and burns, mm-hmm. I think was a big thing. Uh, moved into aquatics, moved into uh, shadowing pediatrics after that, which I, I really knew I would never be a pediatric therapist because that was... <laughs> That's just not for me. You got to be a special person to work in that. That's just, <laughs> it's not me. But there's certainly, uh, um, it was, uh, what was next? Uh, sports medicine and, and so on and so forth. And I just, I really enjoyed the the, the meaningful, you know, uh, uh, in these people's lives to help them get back to maybe the way they used to be or maybe help enhance their mobility. You know, 
further where they need to be. It's it's, it's pretty great. I enjoyed it. So one thing you mentioned that I think is interesting is that PT programs are actually doctorate programs, whereas PA programs are master's programs. So tell me a little bit about what your process was of getting into PT school, like what was required, and then what that schooling kind of looked like. Yeah. So uh, getting into school, uh, the other graduate, uh, I want to say like allied health kind of school, you know, most, most universities will have some sort of allied health program where it's like OT, PT, maybe speech path pathology, um, other, other degrees of that, I guess, like level is maybe one way to put it. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, so you usually you apply to like the college of allied health or sciences, or maybe who knows, it just has a, a PT program of its own. It's not like affiliated with uh, whatever, but, um, the admission processes are, are pretty, those, those, those professions. And I think for PAs, you guys use a, a centralized like application service. Is that right? Most schools do. The school that I went yeah. to actually didn't, but most schools do. And we're in okay. Allied Health too, most times as well. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Because that's how it is for PT uh, okay. school as well. We use PTCAS, which, like you said, I think most schools use that. I think like maybe like ninety percent use it, and it's 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 pretty easy. Just because it, you know you send in your transcripts, your GRE, you log your shadowing, um, state all your extracurriculars, and then usually have you fill out like a or rather an admissions essay mm-hmm. from like a prompt, and the prompt I think changes every year. Like, uh, let me think. I think mine it was like what what character traits do what three character traits do you most expect a a clinician or a PT to have to best treat patients, something like that. Hmm. I barely remember. It's like three or so years ago, but it's <laughs> something along the lines of that. And, and um, you know, other other schools will have particular requirements. So, so yeah, um, like Emory, for example, has uh, you fill out, I think it was like three or four separate, uh, you know, very brief essays uh, I think just further like expanding upon your character and just talking about some some issues that that pop up you know in in the the from time to time just to get your opinion of things and a lot of schools will do very similar things like that maybe you know an extra essay or two or maybe ask you about why you why you chose to be a PT or what what's got you interested in it things of that nature so usually PTCAS fill all that out, get it sent in, and then you'll usually have to check with each school. It's not a bad idea to email their admissions um, mm-hmm. to make sure that there aren't any extra application um, necessities, like the essay or maybe some extra documents, things of that nature. Okay. Question, Are for PT school, do you have to interview? Yeah, yeah. So I I want to say that most schools do an, you know, a personal interview. Like, for example, mm-hmm. when I went to my first one, I I think there were about maybe 30 of us 
and um like interview day is kind of like you you go in there and we'll talk to you about the program why they want you to 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 do it and then i want to say there was like maybe like 30 of us and then they split the big group up tours of the facility what all you know we would be expected to know and keep up with and you know what all they've got to offer and then you would go into uh, and i think it's different for every program Mm -hmm. you'll go into like a group interview with like two to three people or you'll have like a one-on-one interview which is uh kind of scary especially (laughs) with if it's with like uh a current like pt student Mm -hmm. um that's how mine was (laughs) at the school i got into yeah so it was like i think it was the of um like the neuro faculty Mm -hmm. then a i think a third year student and then me and they're just you know asking like the typical like you know why'd you want to be a pt um just questions of that nature just trying to get to know you really and because i think the biggest thing about the the in-person interview is you can look great on paper which is you know important you you need to have good grades you know good gre score all that stuff but they want to also make sure you're going to be like you know a, a and who's able to take all this information you're going to learn in school and be able to, like, as an art, as a clinician with patients, because you, mm-hmm. as a PT or, you know, other member of the rehab staff, you're probably going to be that clinician who sees that patient or episode of care. For example, I'll, I'll spend, like, anywhere from like 30 minutes to like two hours with a patient. So you, you learn a lot from that patient and you're expected to answer a lot of questions. Yeah. So you really got to be able to, to interact with those those patients and, and, you know, be able to keep your cool, I guess. Yeah. So. Okay. So you worked a little bit, didn't you work as a PT aide for a while? Yeah. Yeah. So after I left my job of, the, uh, of being a transporter at that hospital I was telling mm-hmm. you about. Um, I talked to one of the, I think it was my, I want to say my undergrad advisor about like how to get volunteer hours for, for PT school. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And she, she was mentioning about going to the big university like research hospital down the road or trying to get a job. And um, they actually had a posting for PT Tech, like when we uh, or when I went to go talk to her. So that that worked out pretty nice. I, I got the contact information and applied, and I think within like a week, I got a call for an interview, and then just went from there. And you but didn't yeah, have I, any I certification or anything. You just they trained you on the job. Yeah, it was all on the job training. Okay. And um, yeah, it was pretty great. I, I got to see a lot of like outpatient care. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd say just just regular orthopedic, and uh, it's it was a really great experience. Not only is is like a, you know a young student trying to learn like what the heck PT is, but <laughs> also just my character as like a, a, an employee, mm-hmm. I guess. And because I think it was me, or I should say it's it was the PT myself. 
and then a PTA. So there were, yeah, four of us, mm -hmm. and we were running like a small clinic. And so, I mean, that was like, that was a big, a big task <laughs> <laughs> of running a small clinic with a with a pretty patient caseload. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's that's important too because you know that's something you can put on on your like understand like how like the the small clinic process works like how how patients um you know are treated and like intake outtake of patients stuff like that um good to have experience wise okay cool well i mean it sounds like the process for going to PA, pt school is very similar to going to pa school a lot of people actually for PA school have to have experience and a lot of people get that as a PT aid. So I just think that's interesting that that's kind of what you did too. Um, yeah. And that's usually, huh? Sorry. No, go ahead. Interrupting there. No, you have more insight yeah, than sorry. I do. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's, that's usually what people do. They'll try to get like a PT aid job and that's, that's a great way to build like repertoire with mm -hmm. the PT that you work under because I'd say 90% of the time they're going to be the one who's going to write you that good referral letter right. for PT school. Something okay. I neglected to mention as part of the application process. Usually like with, with per school, they'll want, I'd say anywhere from like one to three um, recommendation letters. And, you know, if you can get a solid letter from a PT, really, really hitting home like your strengths as a potential clinician that's that's really going to look good on your application process so building that that repertoire is like a pta or even like a they're setting like a cna working in a sniff for example mm -hmm. um that's another good way to, to work with some of the higher ups to get that that really good recommendation letter yeah it's really important get in definitely important what do you feel like for somebody to be interested in physical therapy um, or to go the PT route, they have to have a background in athletics or sports, or is that not really necessary? Uh, you know, it's, I'd say it's definitely the, the stereotype. Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> and I, I grew up as a very active individual. Um, yeah, I played school sports. I was, I was running around all the time which ironically <laughs> i never i never had pt um you know i'd beat the heck out of myself but I, I never hurt myself bad enough to need pt but um you know sparking my interest in into getting into pt school and even my background with an undergrad in biology i never really had like a uh, stereotype of of wanting or having that uh, uh athletic um sort of interest in pt mm -hmm. i I like sports med when I was, um, you know, a student, a PT student, because I, I saw a lot of direct access patients that way. But I think that was kind of the only thing that uh, I enjoyed. Honestly, the <laughs> my favorite caseload or, or favorite type of, of thing in PT is is actually like neuro and acute stuff of that nature. Yeah, I wanted to actually um, ask never, you about I, that because I know you and I have yeah. talked about it. And I never really knew that was a part of the PT world. I mean, I, I think of the stereotypical like, oh, you sprained your ankle, go get some PT to make it better and make it stronger. And um, yeah, tell me about some of the different fields, like the neuro field that PTs can go into. 
yeah so there's there's a lot um you know i've already mentioned acute neuro um peds i think i already mentioned aquatics mm-hmm. outpatient i think is usually people think of as, as like the stereotypical orthopedic um you know like you said sprain your ankle go to pt for you know this amount of time um cardiac is like hmm. a really a really cool one too it's i'd say it's up there with neuro is one of my favorites um usually something you know post-cardiac like post-mi or 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 you know cabbage or something like that you're really helping to return people to their and and that that's a that's just a very intense one just because uh uh you know if you mess up your patient's well-being but um but anyway so yeah that one yeah, cardiac home health um i particularly work in a SNF, which is a skilled nurse, nursing facility mm-hmm. i'm from hospital care um but I'll, I'll expand a little bit more on that um later on uh another setting that people are usually surprised about pts working in is like wound care oh yeah yeah that's that's something that you really got to have the the stomach for i guess <laughs> yeah. um i always thought i'd be good at it because i i can never smell anything okay so like you know wounds are, are just just whatever to me um and working in burns um as a transporter i just i'm pretty deconditioned to some of the the gnarliest stuff out there mm, yeah um and then uh sports medicine and i i think that's all i can think of right now but i, I know there's there's other things that um you know pts get into and and some of them aren't even necessarily treating uh, a lot of patients or, or pts will their roles like become directors of rehab mm-hmm. or become consultants on how to run like small clinics things of that nature so uh you know you can if that's something that interests you as a pt say you want to practice for so many years or you want to practice only so much throughout the day and then go into more of like a management type role or consultant type role that options open as well so uh quite a variety of settings you can be in it's pretty pretty crazy yeah that's really interesting um so i want to talk a little bit about your job now that you're graduated um and working and you are a travel pt so there there are definitely travel pas out there as well and i think the process looks pretty similar, but what made you want to go into travel right after graduation? Uh, well, I, I didn't really even know travel uh, PT existed until mm-hmm. one of my professor, professors mentioned it. I think that was probably somewhere along the line during my second year of school. I heard a little bit about it, and it wasn't until I went to our, our behind sections meeting, which is told you about they all come together and present a lot of their research and stuff like that so they also have a lot of networking and job fair kind of stuff there so i went to that it was great it was fun but i was able to meet with a lot of recruiters who work for various travel agencies and they were Mm -hmm. able to answer a lot of my questions and expand quite a bit on the nature of being a traveling clinician and i think after that that was what really sold me on being a travel PT after, after graduating. Um, it, like a traveling clinician, there's, there's a couple of pros and cons that you have. Yeah. Tell me that. I think the biggest pro is that you, you're really in control of like your, your whole travel journey. You know, you get to choose which contract you want or which contract you don't want, 
which state, which city you want to go to next, um, how long in between those con contracts. Like, for example, um, I was in Virginia for my last one. So um, after graduating, I went right to Virginia, about three-ish months. And then uh, I took like two and a half weeks off to just do whatever I want. Nice. And then, you know, a company paid for me to drive all the way out here to Washington and uh, start working again. I think after after this contract, and contracts are usually, travel contracts, at least for PTs, usually about 13 weeks, so about three mm -hmm. months. Another two and a half weeks off uh, um, to go up to Canada and ski. Cool. So you really do get, like, a lot of flexibility and control of your your work schedule so it's it's pretty great um and usually i think i get 24 days off in between assignments um for like insurance purposes but usually mm. it's like 20 to you know that's enough to uh, you know travel and go see different parts of the world backpack europe <laughs> that's it's almost, awesome. a, it's almost a month really yeah. yeah um the other big thing is well you know they don't ever say like you know people say don't go into like the medical field for money but you get to see your student loan payments mm -hmm. um gotta make like, a living uh, yeah that's that's certainly the the second biggest thing and i'll say as a, as a traveling clinician i think i make about k more than like a starting pt how and, much more just, i think like 30 to 40k more wow that's, like, that's significant quite a yeah, it's it's quite a bit. So do you think and a lot of that part comes of that from because they pay for stuff? Yeah, a lot of it's because the companies are so generous with mm -hmm. with paying for things. The other thing is you get a lot of tax free stipends and incentives, mm -hmm. which is the other major perk. Just the the tax laws of being a traveling clinician, hmm. you just get a lot of this, a lot of these stipends that just aren't taxed, and you get to pocket all of that. So why, to... why do places need travel PAs? Are you filling in for someone or is it like a job audition? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, quite a bit of reasons. Sometimes it's because like, like the place I'm at right now, for example, the skilled nursing facility, they just need that extra help because of just the increase in their census mm -hmm. these next couple of months. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about this time of year, but they just need extra help. Other times it'll be like, like I know at my last job, I was covering for a clinician who just went on maternity leave. So mm -hmm. she was out for three months. Um, I think those are things that I can think of. Sometimes, you know, someone may leave a job and then they're just having trouble finding some, like a permanent clini clinician to mm -hmm. fill that post. I know at one of the last places I was at, um, they definitely asked me to if I, if I wanted like a permanent position there, yeah. they just, I guess they, they really liked me. So, um, they were like, yeah, we, you know, we really want you to stay. And, uh, it's like, nope, <laughs> nope. Gotta, gotta travel, travel. <laughs> I can. How long yeah. do you think you'll work as a traveling PT? Is that something you'll do forever? Or do you think there will be an end to that? Yeah, probably. Uh, once I, uh, settle down with my girlfriend, but, I don't know. I think I think it'd be really good for both of us to travel. Mm -hmm. She's a traveling PT as well. Um, 
I'd say maybe another two years max. Okay. And I think that's that's kind of like what most PTs or, or traveling PTs will do. They'll uh, early on, and then they'll kind of settle down, and then you know, or they'll just start traveling again. It's uh, it's it's like I said, it's a pretty flexible type of job. So you just kind of you just kind of go wherever you want. And yeah. As long as you have a license, that's the thing too. Is you know bouncing from state to state. I don't know about PAs, but I know I have like a compact license where mm-hmm. if you get a license in one state, you can you can bounce from state to state. PT is working on that, so unfortunately, we have to go through the slow process of going from, you know, like Virginia, for example, took me. Virginia was really quick; it like took me like two to three weeks to get my license there. Mm-hmm. Washington took like I think like seven weeks, wow. so it was kind of slow. So do you yeah. start that before you know you're going there? Yeah. Okay. So like, for example, I'm planning on heading back to Georgia, which is also another long state, licensure state. So that'll probably start that in January. Okay. Bye. Interesting. So you talked about the good stuff about your job. Is there anything that you feel like is a disadvantage or anything you dislike about being a travel PA? PT? Sorry. I'm a PA. Yeah. Um, I think... I think the thing most people have to get just to is is traveling every mm-hmm. 13 weeks. Sometimes you get contract extensions, which I mean is fine, but sometimes it can be a hassle with having to coordinate and you know new contracts every so often. And then you know if you want to go to a different state, having to apply for another license. So it's just um, at times, but you know. Your, your travel companies will and finding a place to live well that's one that of my help. questions too is do they do they set up your housing or is that on your own yeah they i mean they they have it if you mm-hmm. need it i've actually set up my own okay. housing um using like airbnb and hmm. craigslist um i'm kind of exploring some of the excuse me some of the newer apps um roomy I think is, is the new one I'm going to try for when I go over towards Seattle. And um, there's a bunch of different options. And the great thing about these op- these these apps now is they have, like, background checks and <laughs> ways to <laughs> keep you safe. Yeah. So pretty, pretty confident, pretty comfortable using them. Um, I think that's the biggest thing um, is just uprooting every so often, every three months on the on the road okay. and whatnot but the good thing is is you know pay for travel and relocation and stuff so that's usually yeah. a, a plus the other i guess the other thing too is like right now i'm in the cascades which is like it's not seattle proper um and and finding jobs in places i guess that people would consider like desirable mm-hmm. uh like for example when i was over in Virginia in a, a valley um, in a college town, but it was like in a, in a valley kind of, I wouldn't say out in the middle of nowhere, but it was, it was certainly pretty, uh, pretty isolated. <laughs> <laughs> so finding, finding a place where you, you really want to go, like it, like say for example, if you really want to go to, to DC or New York city or, or just somewhere where it's just very urban, mm-hmm. um, be kind of troublesome sometimes because those those contracts aren't always available 
Got to work 30 minutes to an hour outside of the city. And some people want, but, but um, it's just not always an option with, with PT. I mean, I, I actually really enjoy the rural setting, like the small town kind of feel. Mm-hmm. So it's because, you know, I, I like a lot of outdoor stuff. So it's, it's right up my alley. But it's not for everyone. Interesting. What what does like a normal day for you look like as a PT? Like, what are your responsibilities? How do you interact with other members of the healthcare team, like physicians and PAs? So, I think my day in the stiff. I usually roll into the office starting around like eight in the morning, and uh, you know, I just kind of roll in and start with some charting, um, get some paperwork, kind of figure out what patients need like priority for the day. Like, do they need to go to a appointment with their physician? Have they got dialysis? Do they, you know, things of that nature. Um, so try to prioritize that and then figure out, you know, urge to do patients have progress notes to, to do, um, just basically getting organized for maybe like that first hour. Mm-hmm. And then usually if we have like a new admit, just people to, go see them because I need to figure out how they move around while they're with us. And so I'll go in there and sometimes it'll be me alone. Sometimes it'll be me and the doctor. Sometimes it'll be me and the, the PA or the NP or just, just members of the, the admissions team. Mm-hmm. And we'll just, you know, kind of run through the new patients, kind of figuring out what their goals are with, with being in the sniff, you know, are they more of a, their medical comorbidity? Are they there like for, for therapy? It just, it just depends on the patient. So usually I'll try to see those patients first. Um, and again, try to, because they'll be with us um, days up to, you know, weeks, months, just depends on what's going on with them. And then I'd say after I've seen the new patients for the day, I'll go spend some time treating, which like treating the patients that all that stuff. I'll spend maybe four to six hours doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's most of my day right there is is just treating. And, you know, everyone's treatment's going to be a little bit different. Some patients are going to be treating them in the room, working on that early mobilization, like just standing up or being able to move around for the first time. Other times it'll be working in the therapy gym, which which is very fortunate. Like for me, ours is very large. Mm-hmm. Places are it's like a closet or like <laughs> it's it's super small so trying to get a bunch of patients in there to use all the equipment's a little bit challenging at times but i'm very very grateful ours is nice and spacious but yeah so so treating's majority of my day and then after that's done um you know there's lunch somewhere in between that and then during that sit four to six hour span to buy like a patient care meeting or a medicare meeting the patient care mm-hmm. meeting is where I'll go chat with a patient and usually like family or whoever they're probably going to be like discharged with and we'll kind of discuss how the patient's doing with therapy, what their, you know, is the, is the end goal still the same? Do they, do they want to go home? Do they want to go to a different type of like assisted living or, you know, things of that nature, I'm trying to just figure out what their game plan is for the future. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to these other things called Medicare meetings, which is where I'll go chat with other clinicians and the the stiff, and we'll all just you know kind of dump all the 
information we have on these patients and try to get just to get all like on the same page like you know what's going on with this patient you know how's their rehab going just it's just like a clinician huddle not necessarily rounds um but it's it's just something that'll usually pop up that's cool that y'all get to all uh, work together though and kind of yeah yeah it's great and it's it's good to have those meetings too just to be all on the same page because there's one thing i've learned in the healthcare field like as a pt is you just get pulled all sorts of different directions like (laughs) people asking you all these questions and it's i it's just hard to to task so (laughs) it's it those meetings definitely help with my my clarity yeah (laughs) and treating patients interesting um okay so what advice would you give somebody who is trying to decide whether they want to go the pt route or maybe the pa or md route advice i think i think the biggest thing is is to really get your foot in the door kind of like i did um is you know as as high school but i mean certainly get your foot in the door and and shadow or work in that setting i think working in that setting is is going to be even better um just because you know you're going to be a part of that team and you're going to learn the demands from you know whatever level you're at to usually the the mid levels and the upper levels too um just kind of how everyone uh, works together to, to make the patient outcomes um, and so get your foot in the door I think is, is one thing and then what else I think you know just just get your foot in the door and then maybe I'd say research you know um, like like the the demand or like, like I think the length of school mm-hmm. of, of each of each program how long was your program three years yeah yeah like mine for example was actually two and a half years okay my school like but now it now it rolled back to three years gotcha um just because like the accrediting bodies go through each school every so often and say hey i think you need to make this you know longer or maybe this needs to be shorter like baylor for example example and texas i think has a. Uh, I think it's two years. Wow. Um, now, yeah, it's like an accelerated program, but it's uh, it's it's tough from what I've heard because you think about it, you're cramming an extra year of school, like you know, two years. So it's it gets kind of challenging, and that's how mine was too. Like I actually liked I, that was one of the reasons that I I chose the school I went to was mm-hmm. because it was a little bit shorter. And um, yeah, it's it's you're certainly going to get a lot more information in less time. But I mean, uh, you know, great. I think everyone that took their boards the first time passed. So yeah, that's, that's, awesome. that's the other thing. Good. Okay. You know, get the door and then just kind of researching about, you know, the, the demands of each job and the schooling process. I think that's the two biggest research and, and shadowing. And just for make working. sure you want to do it. Yeah. Before you before you it's, commit. It's, it's a, yeah, because it because otherwise I feel like it's it's gonna drive you crazy. You know, like I really enjoy like what I do. Like I I am a, I'm excited to go to work every mm-hmm. day. Um, some days <laughs> more so than others, or not as much as relate, others. But yeah. I'm still like glad to like work in the setting and and just like do the things I do. 
imagine myself like doing any other job so like finding out that you know the the healthcare field in general or like medicine in general is is your thing i think that's a, a big thing too because if you if you try to you know commit to it and it's just not what you're passionate about i just i think you're just gonna make yourself miserable you yeah. know it's not gonna work out and that's yeah like like for example i i really i could never be a businessman or a salesman <laughs> like I, I feel like i in science and medicine is something i've just always been drawn to and i i don't know if that's just like my personality or what but i feel like i'm i know about like how i and and you know that my patients like they they really enjoy my care as a clinician yeah I, i'm just you know, i don't know what else i could could do as a profession aside from this that's awesome so. well thank you for talking yeah. to me <laughs> um yeah, no problem yeah it's awesome do you want to this is up to you do you want to tell people like where they can find you do you want them to like follow you on instagram or anything oh. or not really it's up to you yeah blocking my instagram right now to hide myself oh you are well yeah no, <laughs> no, I, if, no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> um if you want to follow me on, on instagram i don't i don't necessarily post like things um i just post a lot of stuff of my travels yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that's that's the great thing about being a traveling clinician it's just every weekend's a new adventure really every day is a new adventure i, um, I went hiking yesterday in the snow so oh my that, was, gosh. that was cool well, like You're we were talking about, it's me. 60 degrees here and I'm freezing, so <laughs> yeah, I, don't, like, I don't think Washington is the state for me. Yeah, uh, but I mean, hey, for, for a skier like me, it's right up my alley. But yeah, if you want to follow, if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram, uh, it's uh, at physio.matt uh, with two T's. And I'll so tag you're him too to on my Instagram. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Appreciate it. Y'all can go find, yeah. find Matt. Um Maybe so, I'll find a good throwback photo from high school and, and post it for great. everybody. <laughs> really wacky that just, you know, really captures my personality. Yeah, when we were just like little babies. Um, yeah, but hopefully you make it back to Georgia soon so we can hang out in person. Yeah, um, definitely. Good. I know we got a couple of weddings coming up. Yeah, it'll be fun. So, all right. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, appreciate it, Savannah. Huge thanks to Matt for coming on and sharing his insights into the world of being a physical therapist and traveling. And sorry, that was a little bit of a longer episode, but it was nice to catch up and kind of talk about our careers. And it's really neat that we're both at that point together. So I'm excited that I'll get to see Matt in these next couple of months. But if you have any questions, I'm sure he's happy to answer them and feel free to email me as always, and um, kind of the normal stuff, if you're not in our Facebook group or if this is your first time listening, definitely check out the Pre-PA Club on Facebook. It's a great group. We have people joining every single day, lots of people asking questions. It's a lot of fun. If you need me in there, make sure to tag me because sometimes I miss stuff. But yeah, I'm loving the Facebook group. And also make sure you're following me on Instagram at the PA Platform which is my website where I have a lot of information and you can find my email on there. And yeah, so we'll see you next week. And I think next week it's going to be just me answering some questions. 
As always, you can leave a voicemail question on the website if you want to do that and be featured on the podcast. And we're going to be talking about kind of some hot topics in pre-PA stuff. One of those being mentors and kind of programs and shadowing and what that should look like and what it shouldn't look like. So that's something I've been getting a lot of questions about and hearing about a lot. So look forward to that and I'll see you guys next week. Um, Yeah, so have a good weekend.